if that life falls on the right, right babe. Not that Maggie's back, back. in McMonagle here with you on this Monday morning, this Championship Sunday reaction morning. Let's get into it. We got three hours to do it. You know how it works. I got you till 5 o'clock in the warm-up show. 877-337-6666. Me and Flegelman, we got you for those three hours. So let's do it. As we actually got some, you know, as crazy as the games were and as disappointing as, you know, a couple of losses for two separate teams, we actually got some... Just exciting football after what was a miserable, I thought, for the most part, a bad playoffs. We got a great championship Sunday and a couple of great games and obviously just absolute disasters and teams that as much as, you know, Patrick Mahomes is cemented himself already before this game, let's be honest. But if you're an idiot like me who bet against Patrick Mahomes, you are just that an idiot. They win, that's what they do, but I would argue that both of these games had teams that lost as well as teams that won. I think the storyline obviously coming out of both these games are two teams that absolutely lost these games and two real goats coming from each game. And let's start with the latter game first. We'll get to the we'll get to that uh Ravens Chiefs game obviously throughout the course of the morning, maybe even in the open. Who knows where I'll go. But let's start with this Dan Campbell and the Lions blowing this game. And I feel terrible. We all feel terrible for the Lion fans, right? We all know it. It's been, they've never been to a champion. They've never been to a Super Bowl. It's been since 1957, since they've won a road game, since they've done this, since they've done that. It's 100 years. And these and they were absolutely dominating the football game. Like, I, I did not see coming. I can't tell you how many different stupid teasers I put in the first half. I thought, well, I thought it was going to be the 49ers looking to come out and make a statement. Instead, it was the Dan Campbell-led Lions who absolutely ran the ball down the throat of the 49ers. This first half could not have been more of a domination of a football team that I thought was clearly the best in the NFC all year, who had a terrible week last week. We knew how the quarterback played. I thought they made their, got their scare, and they were going to come out and look to play good football. And instead, the Lions ran it down their throat. They could not stop the run. On third down, the Lions did whatever they wanted to do. I could not believe what I was watching. Just absolute domination from this Lions team. Uh, it, was, it was something to behold. And obviously, you start thinking about, What's going to happen here in the second half is they take a 17-point lead into half, and clearly the story of the game is the Dan Campbell situation, the Dan Campbell decisions on going forward on fourth down as opposed to kicking field goals, and I get it, right? I get it, but here's my take on it. Let's just get into that because it's the story of the moment. I understand the complaints with it, and let me just say this. I would have kicked field goals in every single situation, whether it be at the end of the first half which is really, if you think about it, for me, looking back on how Dan Campbell plays, and that's really the, the, the issue here, that we talked about it. when we, It was a storyline going into the game. We talked about it during our pick segment. I talked about it all week. You know, everyone, Campbell's going to go for it on fourth down. You could see a fake kick. You could see a fake punt. Campbell's going to put out all the stops. Now, I don't think anybody expected the domination and the 17-point lead and situations where... You know, the the momentum is clearly in their favor to make decisions the way he made decisions. But ultimately, we all knew this is how Dan, this is how Campbell coaches. From the minute he took this team, from the minute in his dopey press conference about you know biting kneecaps on the way up, right? That now at the moment I thought it was stupid. Then they lose all those games his first year. I thought it was really stupid, and now it's become this lovable chant that I, I get text messages all for because I'm telling my friends the Niners are going to kick the crap out of the Lions. And I'm getting, oh, they're biting kneecaps. Everyone loves it. And this is the same guy who took this Lions team that has been a losing franchise for forever and turned them around in the course of three years where they were the trendy pick to get to this game, the trendy pick to move on, 
and it, uh, you know, won their division with a sexy over. Were right there and had a great, great playoff run up until the second half and dominated this game. It's the same guy. This is how he played. Now that doesn't excuse every decision ever made. It doesn't, you know. Well, this is the the way he coaches. Of course, there are decisions that supersede the way you go about playing football. And I honestly don't know if any of these meet that criteria where it's so obvious that you can't do it. I really don't. And I know that's going to – most people are saying he cost them the game, he's the reason they lost, and, and maybe so. But that's how they've played all year, and these are somewhat questionable calls. The biggest one that I have a problem with – let's put it this way. There's two here that I want to get to. One, the biggest one I have a problem with. The other, the absolute one I would have kicked on. And I'm surprised he didn't. The first one I have a problem with, when you look back now on how he decided to handle the entire game and the aggressiveness he took, it makes no sense. It makes no sense to not kick the field goal at the end of the first, to to not go for it at the end of the first half. That's the one, looking back on it, if that was going to be your game plan, if you were going to come back in the third quarter with a 24 to 10 lead and not kick a field goal there, if that's how aggressive you're going to be, then just go through your entire game plan like that to be fourth down and and goal from the three with the ability to go up 21 points as opposed to 17 and make it a three-touchdown game heading into the half when all the momentum in the world is on your side. Leading into that drive, they have a third and 12 that they accomplish, that they figure out on a running play. They were running at 12, 13 yards a clip on them down into that drive. Then they get the big third and 18. They were running it down their throat. The momentum was clearly on their side, and they had everything going for them. And if that's not the time to go for it now look I would have kicked it there too and at the time I tweeted out this is absolutely the right thing to do is kick the field goal I didn't realize how dramatic he was going to handle the rest of the game and every decision from that point on and for me be consistent if you are going to be the Dan Campbell and biting kneecaps and going for it every single uh, fourth down play and you're going to be as aggressive as you were in the second half off of that drive going down the field, then I then I go for it there too. That's the one that makes me pause, and it's it it's it's inconsistent from a head coach, which bothers me. You want consistency. So at the time, I thought it was 100% right to kick the field goal, but I thought the other two scenarios were right to kick the field goal too. But if you're not going to handle it that way, then go for it there and take a three-touchdown lead into the half instead of 17 points. And then the one that really boggles my mind that I personally would have would have absolutely kicked. And it's not the last one to tie the game. It's the one in the third quarter. Again, momentum is key for me on these fourth down plays. If you decide to go for it or you decide to kick a field goal or you decide to have a fake punt or you decide to do something like that, for me, those are momentum-changing plays for the most part. Unless it's really fourth and short and your run game, I mean, it's been as dominant as, as it could have been. But... Like, there are certain scenarios where I don't want to mess with momentum. And for me, they come out in the third, they come out of the third quarter, out of the second, out of halftime, and they get the ball, the 49ers. And you know, they have to go down and score. And ultimately, they fall short of getting in the end zone. They kick the field goal. You go right back down the field. You're in a position for what? Uh, 40 something odd field goal. If you can kick that point. If you can kick that field goal and wipe away the eight-minute drive the 49ers had down the field and the three points they scored, if you wipe away that entire drive and make it as if it never happened and you get that three points right back, that is a killer for the 49ers. That is, we just came out. We were supposed to score to get back into this game. We were down 17 points. I'm sure at halftime they were saying, hey, listen, we're in it. Let's go out there, score a touchdown off of this first drive. We're right back in this game. We're down 10 points. It's not an issue. Let's go down and score. Instead, they come out. They fall short. They kick a field goal. You go down the field and have an opportunity to wipe that three points away like it never happened, and you got to take away pretty much the entire third quarter without having any damage, with seven minutes left in the third quarter, six minutes left in the third quarter. Wipe that all away 
and have an opportunity to say, okay, great, you came out and did nothing. You impacted this game in no way. We're still up 17 points. And for me, that's I did not want to build momentum. Now, the easy answer is Chris Willie could have missed a field goal. Yes, of course. Right? We all know that. And, it's, uh, I mean, a missed field goal plays the same thing. Sure, the momentum stops. They still they get the ball back with even better field position. Whatever. I get it. But for me, that's a makeable field goal. Conditions in this game were perfectly fine. I want to wipe away that three-point. I don't want to give the 49ers momentum. You know how dangerous this team is. That's why you're going for it on fourth down. You know... Ultimately, how difficult it's going to be to hold down this offense the entire rest of the game. You know it. That's why you're making decisions like that. And you heard him talking about it, and I just heard Flegelman reference it at the end of Laurie's show. When you hear him at the end of this postgame talking about how hard it is to get here, when you hear this, when I'm talking about that this could be our last chance, that is why Campbell coaches the way he coaches. That's why he makes the decisions the way he makes them is because he understands now is the time. And it's difficult to go in against arguably the best roster in football and a team that has dominated the NFC, and you know on nine times out of 10 a better football team than you and you've got the play of it right now you're dominating the game and you have an opportunity to wipe away their momentum of a field goal to start the second half and instead you go for it you get the drop which is worst of all because it's a play you should have made you get the drop and suddenly that's the game you go down you you get the Ayuk play which is as important as any play in the football game to get that bounce off a face mask and get that catch, that changes the dynamic as well. Obviously, that leads to the fumble. All those situations are dynamic changes. So that's why that last field goal doesn't bother me as much. The field goal that, t- that could have tied the game that everybody's up in arms about, the momentum has already swung at that point. Now I'm looking to make momentum-changing plays. I don't know if a field goal does that. I don't know if I'm stopping the 49ers after I've tied the game there. I still don't like my chances tied against the 49ers with six minutes left in the football game when they've now changed the momentum and have dominated my defense for the entire half. Now I don't like my chances. Now I'm willing to go for it on fourth down. I hate the 24-10 decision when there's an opportunity to wipe away any little bit of momentum the 49ers have got going. I want to take that three points and say you just you wasted eight minutes of the third quarter doing or you know you wasted eight minutes of the third quarter doing nothing. Now we're more than halfway through the third quarter and we're still at 17. That's the field goal that bothers me. Now in the fourth quarter after the fumble after the IU catch after all the After, you know, a a bunch of different plays, now the game, even though I have an opportunity to tie it, even though I have an opportunity to tie it, to me, the momentum has already swung in the Niners' direction, and that's when I look for momentum-changing plays. That's when I want to go in there and stick it in the end zone and make them come back and score. I don't necessarily, I mean, I, I understand everybody's problem with it. But this is how he's coached. I never forth. I, I honestly didn't think they would kick a field goal there, especially after not kicking one in the in the third quarter. Like that's how he's coached all year. That's how he's coached all year. There were drops in this game. There are, there's the fumble in this game. There's other reasons why the Lions lost this game other than Dan Campbell, the head coach, who built this team in his image, who has a tough, hard-fought, gritty team that has done this all year. And we talk about this all the time. Either it's coaches or players, but specifically coaches. When they get into these situations, the last thing you want to do is change who you are. It's the last thing you want to do. Now, they changed who they were and stopped. They didn't run the football nearly enough in the second half. But I like the idea that he stayed true to himself. And he stayed true to the way this team played all year long. It got them to the NFC Championship game. Are there certain, like, I, I get it. And now that the plays were unsuccessful and you had multiple drops in this game, and you had the killer drop, obviously, on the, third, the, the fourth down when it was 24-10 in the third quarter, like, yeah. They were unsuccessful. It led to the 49ers making this historical comeback. No team in the history of championship games has been down 17 and a half and come back to win. And it's frustrating. And for a Lions fan, I feel for you. That's a game I can't, you know, 
they're dominating the football game. At the line of scrimmage, the offensive line is destroying the front four of the 49ers. Destroying. There was that one sequence there where they were running down. Obviously, the going in at the end of the half, the big third downs. Also, just running the football. There was that one play Montgomery got, what was it, eight or nine yards? He, he, he didn't even see a 49er in his path for the first six or seven yards of the run. They were getting dominated up front. Dominated. And Campbell should have stuck, and, and and Ben Johnson should have stuck with the run game in the second half. But ultimately, they played the game, and Dan Campbell made decisions the same way he's made decisions all year. And I know that's an easy answer, and I know there's nuance to that, and I understand that those decisions impacted the game in a you know immense, devastating way. But honestly... I, I didn't have a problem with them. The the two main issues I had. Well, I mean, to me, if you're going to be that aggressive, go in and try and score a touchdown when you have all the momentum in the end of the first half. If you're gonna if you know you're going to be that aggressive all game, if you're if you're going to go for it, you know, twenty four ten in the third quarter, then go for it at the end of the first half and try and make it stick. And then obviously at the end of the game at the goal line, you can't run the football. I mean that I didn't even bring it up to start here because it's such an obvious you cannot have to you cannot make a you cannot have a run play and have to call a timeout and lead to only having the and forcing the onside kick. It's just a it's a I understand you you you're calling that play to get in the end zone. They've been able to run the ball almost at will, although that had changed by the second half, but in the first half they were running the ball at will. Everyone's expecting a pass, you're going to catch them off guard with a run. You can't do it. You cannot call one of your timeouts there because it eliminates the idea of kicking the ball off and trying to play that game. You can't do it. It's a tr- it's a horrendous decision. And he's going to be the go to this game, and everybody's going to look to how he coached, and suddenly he's going to be second-guessed, and he's you know the macho man who wants to bite kneecaps, but he doesn't use his head in the big game. And yet there they were, dominating a football game, halfway through against what is clearly the best team in the NFC, and they got there making decisions just like that. They got there making decisions just like that. So did I have a problem with them? Yeah. I, I, would, have, I would have done, I would have kicked the, I, you know, me personally, I would have kicked the field goal at the end of the half. I would have kicked both field goals and not gone for two, not gone for it on fourth down in any of the situations. I would have kicked field goals in all three situations. That's what I would have done. But I'm not Dan Campbell. I haven't led the Lions to this point all year. And I, you know, that's the way him and this team have gone about it. And they know that going in. And ultimately, I think players respond when you put the faith in them to go win a football game. And so we can look at it and call him the GOAT, and we'll get to the other GOAT after the break in Lamar Jackson. And honestly, I think probably both are a little unfair. I think both probably are a little unfair to look at them as the cause of the game. And I don't know how many people look at Lamar Jackson as the reason they lost, as opposed to just not being the elite quarterback we all think he is, MVP, still has the playoff issues, can't, doesn't play well in the big game. The same stuff will hear, and as I, I can't tell you, he played particularly well. To me, he was not the reason they lost, and we'll get to that as we get through the morning. 877-337-6666. So we have a uh, Super Bowl uh, set, and after the championship game, let's be honest, it's the two best teams. I, w- I, I didn't think you know all year long, and we'll get to the job Mahomes and Reed has done because this is their best year. This is their best year to get to the, to get back to the Super Bowl with this team to go beat the Bills on the road to go beat Baltimore on the road on their first two road games in this run which is amazing enough their first two playoff road games are against those two teams and particularly the Ravens who just dominated people and rolled right through the AFC the second half of the year and who is probably better than Kansas City in almost every way and yet still, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are the 90s Bulls. They are the New England Patriots. They are the 90s Yankees. They just, they find ways to win. 
and the job they've done to get here. Now, I know the defense is good. I know they're the first team since the Jets in 2010 to not score in the second half and win a game. And it's 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 a remarkable job. The defense did a tremendous job against the Ravens, made big plays. The Ravens also stubbed their toe a million different ways. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Play fake, Jones rolls left, rolls left, wide open for the touchdown is Bellinger. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, let's go on this Monday morning, 877-337-6666. I mean, we focused on the Dan Campbell part of that game, but uh, the 49ers to come back, they make the big play. And Brock Purdy, who early in the game looked a little shaky, nowhere near as bad as he did against Green Bay. He was awful in that game. Even early on in the game, the interception's off a tip, really. I mean, the ball gets hit. Uh, I didn't love the throw anyway. Uh, it didn't look like there was much of a chance middle of the field, you know, late in that play, guys around you. Probably not a good throw, but the ball was deflected a little bit, led to the interception. Uh, he didn't play great, missed a couple throws, but I thought he was, you know, fairly good early on. He was making plays. He was, uh, you know, for someone who's so talked about as being part of this precise offense, and I'll say it too, you know, he's in a, he, <clears throat> he's a, a very good and excuse me through the – my voice is a little off. I went to my nephew's birthday party and was surrounded by a million kids, and that's what happens. So if I call for a sound awful, I apologize. Um, but, you know, for someone who's an elite game manager, and I put him in that class, right? He's he's a game manager, has kind of got a nasty, t- uh, you know, twinge to it that people will put in a bad light, and I don't – I don't necessarily put that connotation on it. It just means you are not a game-breaking, game-changing player who can put your team on their back and decide you're going to win the football game like Patrick Mahomes can. But that doesn't change the fact that he is, in this offense, extremely dangerous and was you know, one poor performance away from the, uh, from the Ravens earlier in the season from winning the MVP. So he's an elite, an elite game manager, even this young in his career, even being the most uh, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, but he was terrible against Green Bay, and despite you know that moniker, there were times in this game, even early on, avoiding the pass rush, long plays in the pocket, moving around, throwing the ball over the middle. Uh, like I, I thought he, I thought he was playing fairly well the entire game, even despite the interception and obviously being down seventeen points. Then in the second half, I mean, he started using his legs. I mean, so many. I mean, big plays. For first downs, the ability to run, uh, you know, his aggressiveness taken on hits. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't sliding. He was going right into the, you know, he was going head first. Uh, he played extremely well in this game. And he's, you know, him, Christian McCaffrey, Ayuk, obviously. I mean, an underrated play in this game is going to be the touchdown after the Ayuk play. So you get the Ayuk, uh, you get the Ayuk play that gets him down to the two or three or whatever it is where he's down by contact. And I mean, just barely down by contact. And then McCaffrey on the first run gets a loss, and now they're third and goal from like the six, and he and he zips one in there to Ayuk for the touchdown. That is the difference between a touchdown there and a field goal is enormous. I mean, he played he played well in this game. Brock Purdy played well in this game. He was you know uh, big with his legs and is a main reason why the Niners did make this comeback, along with the decisions from Dan Campbell that are going to get played and played and played. The 49ers played a good football game. They forced the fumble. That changed the game. They made the big play. Did they get lucky with one off the face mask? Yeah. They got lucky on that big play. Luck plays into it. Luck plays into all these games. Luck plays into them all. So did they get lucky? Absolutely. Were they dominated in the first half way more than I ever thought they would be? I I could not. I was, you know, as someone who bet the 49ers, I was furious at the end of that half. As they were, thank God they held on to force Dan Campbell to go for three. I, I honestly think they would have made it there. Like, that's the one time I, I, if I'm, as much as kicking it was the right thing, that's the one time I would have been scared. Absolutely, they were getting into the end zone because they just, they did whatever they wanted to. And on third down, they get third and 12 on a run play. They get third and 18. Like, on that drive there at the end of the second half, when you're hoping that the Niners could make a big play, 
and score one before the half and then get the ball back and score one and be right you know be right back in the game if not tied you know in the game instead they make big third down after big third down go down the field that was probably Goff's best moment and then he didn't play, he didn't play you know terribly either but didn't have to didn't have to make too many big plays other than the I mean he, a couple of drops killed him uh but especially the one on the fourth down But I mean, they they come they they force the turnover. They they run the you know McCaffrey gets into the end zone. They make the big Ayuk play. They made all the plays. He gets the the one play to the tight end down the field. I mean, they he made the plays when he had to make the plays, and they got right back. I mean, before you know it, the third quarter wasn't over yet, and the game was tied. And that's why I ha- I have less of a problem kicking that you know going for it on that last last situation to tie the game when. The momentum had already swung, and I don't like my chances six minutes left tied with the Niners. I like it better than being down three, but I don't mind. I don't mind trying to go in there and score a touchdown there as much as I do in in the previous one where I'm up twenty four ten. I want to just add points. And the other thing we don't talk about, me and Fleet were just talking about, it, like we we act like the field goals are locks. They're not. This is not. You know, they 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 just recently got this field goal kicker. He has not been great from beyond forty. I mean, he. If you if you just if you feel for, if you have a feel for your team and they were playing the way they were in the first half and you have opportunities to make big plays and go beat a team that's better than you like I think that's a lot not to, not to say Campbell's acquiescing to the 49ers and just you know bending on uh, getting down on bended knee and saying you're better I have to pull miracles especially not in the way they played in the first half but ultimately you get into that game late in the game and I don't want I don't want to I don't want to be tied late in the game against the San Francisco 49ers and the way they've played all year and the way that game has changed in the second half. I want to go into overtime with the 49ers and feel like my fate is going to be decided by a coin toss. I, I you know, fourth and two, fourth and three. As opposed to kicking a field goal and being tied, I get it. I'd probably kick it, but I get it. And that's how they've operated all year. They don't have it's not like they have Tucker. They don't have one of the best field goal kickers in the league. You know, that's that's just it's. They have a guy who's been you know what in the seventieth percentile from kicks beyond forty. They played their they played their game, the Lions played their game. It wasn't good enough, and they made mistakes. the 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 fumbles a killer fumble. But ultimately, Dan Campbell coached the way he coached. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six. 66. Let's get to the phones. Bill in Long Beach. What's up, Bill? Good morning to you, man. How are you doing? Good morning, brother. How are you? I'm all right. Be careful with those kids' birthday parties this time of year in January. Those things can be silent killers, man. There's just... We went to, like... I don't want to say the name of the place, but we went to, like, a place where it's, like, you know, trampolines and obstacle courses and ball pits and everything, and it's just, like, there's so many, you know... you're trying to keep an eye on your kids. They get lost within 10 seconds. You have no idea where they are. Like, the place is connected to a mall. I want to try and make sure I keep my eyes on the kids. And that I was going to tease this later, but uh, there is one benefit of sometimes being the weight on that and the size I am. The one benefit of it is that if a kid gets trapped in, like, the the like the upper area where it's, like, going through tunnels and everything, it's like, no, nah, I'm too big to go through there. I'm not going to get stuck. Someone else, someone, someone, someone a little smaller than me has to go get my kid who won't come down. Thankfully, that's that's uh, the one benefit of being too large is I can't. I'm not getting into a ball pit. I'm not jumping on a trampoline at a kid's place. I'm not going through any tunnels. Nope, nope, nope. Someone else. Hey, uh, Ted, what's up, buddy? Go get my kid for me. Thanks, thanks for working out, Ted. Well, I'm sure yes, I'm around too many time. kids getting sick. Well, um, I'm sure the boys had a great time, but they uh, did. They had a lot. Just want to. Just want to make a comment on the uh, on the San Francisco game. You know, I, and I was talking to my brother-in-law. We were watching the game together, and I said, "No, I don't dislike San Francisco, but um, it does feel like they got away with one. And even last week against Green Bay, it feels like they kind of got away with one." Yep, for a team that was dominant, that you know was a dominant team a lot of the year, uh, these two games have been. You know they they didn't play well early, made made comebacks, especially. I mean, this one they're down seventeen points at the half. For them to come back, it hasn't been as uh, advertised, and certainly not the way you want to play. And now heading into a game where I'm I'm wondering how fast the line will change. It came out 
San Francisco minus two and a half. There is no way. I, I would be shocked after consecutive weeks of people betting against Kansas City and watching them do what they do. There is, I would be shocked if this goes off more than minus a half a point. Like I, I just think that I think that number was early. I think I, I think everyone's going to be on Kansas City. Would be my guess. If you if you're if you if you're looking to bet Kansas City, do it now before the number moves. Would be my suggestion. But yes, you're right. The the 49ers, I don't know if you want to call it luck. There's luck elements to almost every win, but certainly this one, the ball off the face mask. You need the fumble as well to get back into the game. Uh, Campbell makes decisions. Uh, going for it on fourth that that changed the fortune. If they kick field goals, you know maybe it's different if they make them. Obviously, so yeah. I mean, I don't want to say completely lucky because they did make their own luck and they played well down the stretch and turned it around within one quarter and got back into this game and tied it up within before the fourth quarter hit. But yes, they they didn't come out and play very well early, and they did not look like themselves until later in the game. You still there, buddy? No. Yeah, I don't know if luck. I don't know if lucky is how you want to call it necessarily. Like everyone gets, everyone gets lucky on some ways. Yes, the ball. You know, I thought the nine. I thought uh, Detroit got lucky on one situation. I thought they had. A, I thought the Niners had a pick on that play late in the game. But I mean, it wasn't that impactful. But I thought that would have ended the game. I thought they had an interception on that like fifty-fifty grab ball that uh, Reynolds came up with. So I mean, everyone everyone gets lucky in some aspects, but. The Niners did not play their kind of game. Like, there's no doubt about it. Both of these playoff games, they did not look themselves, and Purdy looked awful against Green Bay, but they found a way to win. And then, obviously, just getting the defense. Like, that's the thing that scares me, because right now, and we'll get, obviously, more and more. We have two weeks to get into the Super Bowl matchup. Two weeks to talk about, you know what we're going to talk about. You know the storyline. Can she, you know, can Taylor Swift get back to Vegas from to, uh, from Japan and her concert. Apparently she can. Great. I'm so excited. We'll talk about all the different things that go on with this game, the Super Bowl being in Vegas. We'll have two weeks to do it. But as we start to preview this game, like right now the 49ers defense and the way Kansas City, yes, they were shut out in the second half, but Kelsey and, and Mahomes are back to being Kelsey and Mahomes. It hasn't been like that all year. And you understand the weapons, and we'll get into Tony, obviously, and not being a part of this game. We'll see if he's up for the Super Bowl. He obviously just had a child, but he's also going on Instagram claiming he's not injured. They're saying he is injured. I have no idea. I mean, the the enigma that is Tony. I mean, who knows what the hell is going on with that situation. But their offensive, Pacheco still runs hard, but their wide receiving core still is lackluster, but at least even though they only scored 17 points and even though they got shut out in the second half, Kelsey and Mahomes looks to be back to being Kelsey and Mahomes, which right now, you know, is everything they have. Since, you know, last year they lose Hill. And really, just, I mean, if you take a second, what Kansas City has done here, this is by far, for me, the most impressive year. To get back to this game the way they were playing all year, I mean... I thought uh, they they were off all year. Something was not right all year. Because last year, I mean, the weapons weren't that much better. They lose Hill, and everybody expected them to have a down year. And the offense was the best in football. And you had a you had a very you had high expectations they would win the Super Bowl. This year was completely different. That offense was never on the same page. Kelsey looked like he was aging. They weren't scoring points. They were being led by their defense. And anytime you have a Patrick Mahomes-led team and your offense and your passing attack isn't the strength of your team, then you're not at your best. I've always felt that way about it with any quarterback, whether it was um, Tom Brady's a little different because the Patriots and Bill Belichick were a little bit different. But if you look at uh, if you look at uh, Manning, if you look at Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know Drew Brees, like if those teams weren't led by their passing attack. No matter how many games they won, no matter how successful they they are, no matter how good their defense or their run game is, to me, if the number one thing you go into a matchup against a great quarterback isn't stopping them and their passing attack, then that team isn't at its best. And I haven't felt like the uh, the Freudian slip with the Patriots because that's what they are. Uh, I haven't felt like the Kansas City Chiefs have been at their best almost all year, and yet here they are back in this game. And again, we were all fools against Buffalo. We were all fools against uh, Baltimore. Um, I ain't doing it again. 
I don't know how in the world the 49ers haven't played well, even though winning these games in this miraculous second half comeback. And I think they're they're absolutely talented enough to go win the game. If they play their best game, sure, they could dominate the Kansas City Chiefs, I suppose. But I ain't doing it again. I ain't betting against Patrick Mahomes again. I'm just not. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid again. And I don't know. Who knows? This might be the last chance we get a chance to bet them. There are some rumors that Andy Reid could be on his way out and retiring. But we were all idiots. I was idiot number one. I, I, you know, I really like Baltimore in this game. And I even, I, you know, the number hit four and a half today, and I still didn't. I didn't, you know, I didn't go and bet Kansas City. I should have. I'm so stupid. We know we should have. Like it's such an obvious thing now. The minute that game was going the way it was going, you're just like, how stupid are we? All of us. The collective football world. And the number kept going up. People, last-minute bets were going in on Baltimore. I, we're all dumb. We are just all dumb. Ed in the Bronx, what's up, Ed? Hey, what's going on? What's up, Ed? How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I, you know, I'm a Giants fan, but watching this game tonight, I was just really... I mean, yes, everybody's here, and I was looking at the game, and I'm like, if Dan Campbell is going to be, I guess, that gutsy to not literally kick the field goals, yeah. why not just go for it at the end of the half? If you're living on the edge like that, I, I agree go for the touchdown. In the moment, oh. in the moment, I thought the field goal was 100% the right thing at the end of the half. You want to add to that? You want to make it a three-score game? Oh. Anytime you get an opportunity to do that, you do it. I absolutely agree. I didn't want to change momentum. I, I didn't want to change momentum necessarily. I like the way the game was being played. Take the three points, go to the half, and that's a hundred percent what I thought should have been done. But then watching no, the rest of the game and how he treated every other big situation, then they should have went. I like their chances of getting that touchdown more than I like their chances of getting the first down on either of the other two fourth downs that they failed. Like right in that moment, they were dominating the football game. I would. I would have. They won. If, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying they were. Yeah. The only thing I look at it like this was towards the end of the half. Or I guess not towards the end of the half. In the third quarter, when you had a chance to kick a field goal or go yeah. up 17. Yeah. Because since the 49ers came back and scored a touchdown, I just felt like the opening, this yeah. is the Yeah, this is the NFC Championship game. So if you come down and you have a chance to kick a field goal, it makes you feel like it, it totally changes the complexion because now if you kick a field goal and you go up 17, it's like the 49ers just feel like we've expended all of this energy yep. and now you're halfway through the third quarter and you're right back where you 100%. started. You're down I, 17 I, again. For me, that's what I, that, I said that in the open. I 100% agree with you. For me, the one I have the biggest problem with, and not that I have a huge problem with it because I know how Dan Campbell is. I remember at the end of the show when we were doing picks at the end of the show, I said, I'm going to sprinkle in the Lions' money line, and I'm going to take the Lions' money line a couple times because he's crazy. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll do things. I mean, if it comes down to it, you know, he won't play for the tie game. He'll go for the win. So I, I like the idea of maybe be- if, more than I like the, taking him at minus, uh, plus seven. I like the money line. Because I thought Dan Campbell, we all knew it. We expected a fake punt in this game. We expected fourth down plays. We This is how he's coached all year. But for me, I agree with you. In that spot in the third quarter of all the situations, the Niners just took a, an eight-minute drive to go down the field and ultimately come up short of the touchdown but kick the field goal. And if you could have come yeah. back that next drive and erased their uh, three points that they built that they tried to take away from your deficit and you can put it right back on the board and it's right back to 17 and we're halfway through the third quarter or even more than a little more than that and they haven't dented yeah. the lead I think that I yeah. think that field goal would have put a real damper on the 49ers now look to be yeah. fair again not a, not a tremendous field goal kicker you have no idea if he makes it or misses it. You could have a block. You could have a miss. And then it's the same thing as going for it on fourth, whereas you still have a chance to go score more points or make an easier field goal. So I get it. But ultimately, that's the one that bothers me because if you erase if you erase the three points that they, they took into the lead and you get it right back to 17, like you just – everything you just did was a waste. Like that's yeah, what I, I would have loved. Then, then I want to get to the the, the Ravens really quick after this, but yeah, sure. the, at the end of the game, is 
towards the end of the game, when you kick the onside kick, I just I told one of my buddies sitting next to me, I said, now, if you get this onside kick, now you got to kick a field goal with a kicker who you just never seemed like you believed in the whole game. Now you need him anyway. So it just it just boggled my mind. Well, yeah, I mean, but then you, you find yourself in a position where you need him. I mean, ultimately, you're trying to get the fourth downs and you score touchdowns. Yeah. So you don't need your field goal kicker. But the real problem for me with the onside kick was was allowing it to be your only option. When he when it when yeah. the goal line for that touchdown, you can't call it. You can't have you can't have tackled in bounds. Like you just can't you can't call a run play. It's got to be a pass play, obviously into the end zone at that short. But like you can't be tackled short of the end zone, and and force a timeout. Yeah. Only give yourself two timeouts, and then you're 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 playing just for the onside kick. And thank you for the call, Ed. Oh you know, yeah, it's okay. Oh, I just wanted to get I just wanted to get something real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, get to on, the Ravens on, call on, 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 to, to the Ravens or more, Jackson. Yeah, I forgot and you just said that. Just being a Giants. Just being a Giants fan, and I'll say this and just get off of this, because it just allows you to see that with Lamar Jackson, call him subpar Lamar, which is the reality is, is this is why you need a pocket passer, and these things will always come back to haunt you. And the thing about it is it's, you look at what Patrick Mahomes and what he did today. The thing about it is you run if you can, but if you sit back and you think they basically – let Lamar just basically sit back and try to let him throw the ball. And, he, and it just seemed like in the playoffs, that's where he gets tight. And yeah, that's a, I, I something mean, that he... I, I'm, I'm weird. You know, Lamar made a couple of great plays, too. I've never seen a ball batted, batted in the air and have have the quarterback catch it on the run and make a, a make a big play out of it. I've never seen that before. I've seen... I didn't even bad. know if that was legal. Yeah, I, I've no, I've seen balls batted right back into the quarterback, and they catch it and try and run for it. Or something. But I've never seen one up in the air that long, him catch it underneath it like a punt, and then and make a play. Look, I don't think he was as bad as people are going to say, and we'll get into it in the, in, in the next hour. And thank you for the call, Ed. Um, I don't think he was as bad as people are saying. He did not play his his best game, no doubt, and he didn't look like he did to, uh, at the you know at the end of the second half against Houston. But I, I didn't think you know. They had, they were sloppy in this game. I think you know for all the talk we have about Harbaugh and what a great coach John Harbaugh is, and he is. I, I would never say he's not. His team was sloppy in this game. I mean, they had big time personal fouls and flowers. I mean, that situation there. I mean, you're talking about. You know, making it a three-point game there, and he gets a terrible ta- uh, taunting penalty. Now, the taunting penalty there, whatever you think of the rule, that's fine. I don't, I don't know if I love the rule. And if they, I, I, you want to wipe away a rule, you want me to sign a petition? Come over, I'll sign it. Email it to me. But it's there, and for me, I'm sorry. It's clearly taunting. He pushes his shoulder back into the ground, drops the ball right in his face, and stands over him. It, that's taunting. I, it's it's a whether it's a stupid penalty or not, whether it shouldn't be on the books, whether it shouldn't be something that's called, fine. But it is on the books. It is a penalty, and he clearly did it. And then he fumbles going in. How many times have we seen guys like I don't have? To, I understand it's almost an impossible thing to coach. Because it's a, it's it's almost like an involuntary. I'm going for the end zone, like. But how many times have we seen these guys stick out the ball for the end zone and and have it fumbled? I mean, it's a reason why we hate it. Talk about bad penalties. It's a reason why it's the the least liked uh, penalty or the least least liked call in all of football. The fumble through the end zone because it happens a lot. Because these guys never get it through their heads that it's dangerous. To put the, you have to make sure when you extend that football, it is going to be over the line the second you extend it. You cannot have a Superman dive needing to carry two or three yards with that football out in the air. You just can't do it. You can't do it. I mean, you got, you got the penalties. You got that play. You've got, you know, the. Uh, I thought that he was under pressure a lot. He did not play particularly well, and I understand what's going to come with this. We all understand. He's going to get with this. what Ed just said. What our last caller, Ed, just said, we're going to hear a lot, whether it's how he plays the position or just him specifically. 
he doesn't play well in the postseason. It's enough of a sample size. Uh, it's going to be a talking point. We're going to have the two major talking points out of that game. One being the the deity that is Patrick Mahomes and just how incredible, what incredible success they have had, whether they have a great team, a good team, a good defense, a bad defense, a great passing attack, a poor passing attack, uh, Hill or other weapons, less weapons, uh, the Kelsey in the prime of his career, Kelsey at the tail end of his career, whatever the case may be. They continue to find ways to get into the championship game and into the Super Bowl. It is remarkable. <clears throat> Again, excuse me. Um, but the other angle of this game is this team, the Baltimore Ravens, absolutely blew this game. They made dumb penalty after dumb penalty like too many men on the field. I mean, this is a this is a John Harbaugh coach team. Now, I know the offsides that turned into a personal foul was probably intentional. I, I, I went right into the, the next game, and I didn't watch the post game. I don't know if Harbaugh commented on that. But, I mean, they were speculating on the broadcast that it's to from one and five, <clears throat> from first and five to first and ten. You don't want to give up a first down there. So it makes sense to kind of have a, a timeless just to go from first uh, and ten. But you didn't have to knock the guy over and get a 15-yard penalty. I mean, just it it was just the entire Ravens team choked under the pressure. The entire Ravens team. And I think Lamar Jackson did not play well, but I it's, I don't just look at him and go, that's the reason they lost. He'll never win. But that's what's going to be. That's what we're going to hear. He's the MVP, two-time MVP, and he is clearly, and even if I'll defend him, there's no doubt to this statement, he is better in the regular season than he's been in the postseason. His teams have had opportunities to win and be the better team. Now, again, it's going against the guy who doesn't lose. He, he didn't lose to the Texans. He didn't lose to Buffalo. I mean, he has in certain – I mean, I'm, I'm just saying he has lost to other teams. But I'm saying, like, in this game, they did lose to this very good Chiefs defense and Patrick Mahomes. Now, that doesn't excuse him. And I still think that there are flaws to his game like any player this side of Patrick Mahomes. But I don't know if the narrative that's going to come out of this game that he was terrible, another shining example of why either quarterbacks who play the game like him or him specifically can't be successful, won't be successful. He'll never win the big game. We know it now. The Ravens should move on. This is why you don't pay him. This is why they made a terrible decision with the contract. We're going to hear all of that. That's going to be a major talking point leaving this game. I don't know if it's fair. I don't know if it's fair. Did they, ch you know, I, I think the Lions choked a lot. I mean, to me, you could feel like, and if you want to talk about the different angles of the pressure, like Lamar's personal pressure and the Ravens' pressure to beat a, uh, a, a Kansas City team when they have been the best team in the AFC all year long, when they really turned it on down the second half and just dominating people, dominating good teams, the pressure of winning that game at home against a team that never loses, I think, played an element. And then clearly for me, and I haven't even brought this point up yet, but the 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 pressure that goes with a 17-point halftime lead when you are a franchise who's never been to a Super Bowl, when you are a franchise that I, uh, that I believe in the Super Bowl era has never won a road playoff game, when you are in the championship game, when you are a half away with a 17-point lead to getting somewhere where the franchise has never been, I think the pressure clearly was felt by the, whether it's the fumble, whether it's the drop passes, whether it's, I mean, I, normally I would say the coach, but that's how the coach is coached all year. So he didn't change anything, but you could just sense it. Once the ball started rolling in the opposite direction, you could feel the tightness on that Lions team, knowing they were carrying the weight of now adding to the lineage of losing for that city, for that franchise. And now it's blowing a 17-point halftime lead. Now it's dominating the football game and blowing it. And now the coach said it in the postgame. You know how hard it is to get back to that point. That's an immense, that's a lot of pressure on a team that I, you know, I would think they're all well aware of. They celebrated. 
the idea that it was the first home game, uh, first home playoff game in 30 plus years. They're all aware of the history. They know that this franchise that's been around forever has not won a, a championship since 1957 and has not ever been in a Super Bowl. They got Barry Sanders there in the building. There is a lot of pressure to be the team that gets over the hump. And then certainly when you take a 17-point lead and you're dominating the football game, there is a lot of pressure there. And clearly the Lions felt it. The Lions players felt it. And, you know, I'm not so sure the coach felt it because he coached the way he's always coached, but he definitely made decisions that we're going to be talking about all week long. And we can talk about, you know, I heard a lot of people already. I see it on Twitter. Whether you dislike them, there's the guys who are going to kill Campbell for this and bring in Belichick or whatever <clears throat> and make his comments. But then there are going to be people, and I heard uh, Fliegelman and Lori just, uh, talking about this at the end of Lori's show, the idea of when we look at the coaches here in <clears throat> New York and how much you'd rather have Campbell. Campbell is this leader of men. Look what he's done with the Lions here. Um you know, his aggressive nature. How many times have we seen, uh, you know, Dable got a lot of this this year, coaching scared, um, not going for it on fourth down. Uh, same thing with, with same thing with Salah, not being aggressive enough, not taking charge enough, not, you know, not leading the team, not being in charge enough, not being dr uh, dramatic enough, not having enough uh, energy on the sidelines, all that. Dan Campbell is is everybody's, you know, wet dream coach rolled into one until, aha, until it doesn't work. Until he does the unconventional in the big spot. It's one thing to go for it fourth down, you know, against the Vikings week seven. It's another to do it when the world's watching and you have a 17-point halftime lead and you've watched it squander. And now you have an opportunity to tie the game and you stick to what you've done all year. Now, now, now it's a problem. Now it's clearly an issue. Now they need a new coach to get them over the hump. He's built them up great, like Buck Showalter. Now it's time someone else comes in and gets them over the hump because this guy makes boneheaded decisions and he'll never win. And these are the things, never, always, words I typically hate to use because... They're pretty stupid, but that's what we're going to hear. Lamar will never win the big game. Mahomes will always win the big game. Dan Campbell now can never win a championship. The Lions will never get to a Super Bowl. A lot of nevers and always. That's what comes out of Championship Sunday.